Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Storytelling. Are you using stories in business to motivate, to inspire, to persuade your audience? And are you thinking as I say that, yeah, I'd love to try that, but where do I do this? How do I start this? Well, this episode can help. Our guest, Rance Green, is giving us a masterclass on how you can create and design relevant stories that connect and inspire, guide, or maybe even persuade others, and most importantly, that have a clear call to action. Rance Green is a story designer, author, speaker, and owner of needastory.com and the School of Story Design. And Rance formed these companies for those who struggle with storytelling at work. His methodology, Story Design, gives leaders and talent development professionals a way to discover who their audience is and how to persuade them to take action. In this episode, Rance also shares his diverse journey from actor, playwright, choreographer, working with inner city youth to working with leaders in health insurance compliance and how stories created a common language that connected them all. Because, well, stories, they bring out the emotional content. They make facts relatable, more concrete and fun, which persuades people to action. Before we listen in on Rance and his tips on storytelling, if you have a question or comment for the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, then send us an email at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, such as Behaviors of Leadership, Soft Skills in Virtual Reality, and upcoming in the fall, our four-part series on presentation skills. All right, let's meet Rance Green and listen in as we share how to get started with business storytelling and why it matters to your leadership and audiences. Our episode today, getting started with business storytelling, and we've got the right guest for that. Rance Green, thank you so much for being our guest on our show today. Thank you, Joel. It's so great to be with you, too. Now, we're going to get right into it if you're ready. Because storytelling is such a unique talent, how did you get into this? What was your path? We'll talk about the unique talent in just a moment. But okay. yes, I will tell you the path <laughs> of kind of how I ended up where I am. Um, so my education and experience is in theater. So I was mm. an actor. I was a playwright. And, um, and I think that you also were an actor, right? So That's correct. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Good company. So exactly. it was all about showing the action on the stage. So I was an actor. Uh, live, live theater was my thing. Hmm. So, you know, I wanted, uh, it was all about showing the action on the stage, showing the story. I went on to get a master's in choreography. Hmm. and eliminated the words from the hmm. equation <laughs> so, for the most part. Hmm. So now I had to communicate my message purely through what the audience heard in the music and what they hmm. saw the dancers doing. So our bodies were the communication tools. Right. So in both directing and in choreography, I had a driving force behind everything that I put on the stage. Mm -hmm. I wanted to touch the audience. I wanted them to get it. Right. And, and not just the artsy people. <laughs> I wanted someone from off the street to come to my show and get what I was trying to communicate. Mm 
I wanted them right. to to feel like I wanted them to feel it and leave changed. Nice. So I I did what every every artist does. <laughs> I moved to New York City. Right. Uh, but a short time after being there, I completely switched my focus um, with inner city youth. And so I found myself in a completely different realm and a sort of a challenging situation where I was communicating with my staff and also with kids who had completely different backgrounds than I did. So I was, I was a mountain boy from North Carolina. Okay. These kids were from Harlem, the Bronx, Brooklyn, and my right. staff was from like all over the world. So how do you communicate with such a diverse, a, a diverse group right. of people? Yeah. It's a challenge, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, your well, your your experience was, as you say, was you, you, I mean, interesting up to this point because you already, in the back of your mind, had uh, an idea of a purpose, which is store, which is the idea of telling a story, and more importantly, how to reach people and how to reach the person that was maybe dragged to the theater, as an example. So here you got, as yes. you say, you got an audience that, um, all right, uh, where can we find a common language that speaks to them? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, yeah, I'll come back to that in just a second. I, I really mm -hmm. like that you brought that out. Um, so, so I had this diverse group of people that I was trying to, to communicate with and really I didn't say anything mm -hmm. to start with. I, I'd listen. Mm -hmm. And as I listened to them, I started to care about them. Um, and as I, cared about them like when we care about people like we want to help them right but we still need a way to communicate with them to use as you nicely said um, a common language we need some sort of common language mm -hmm. with them so i started telling stories i told them stories about my own life i told them fictitious stories that helped mm -hmm. them see things from a different point of view and as I shared these stories, something wonderful happened. They shared theirs with me. Uh -huh. I gave them an opportunity to express their own point of view by introducing storytelling into our conversation. Right. And I grew to love them. Um, I was able to take them a lot of places that they never would have gone before because they trusted me. Mm -hmm. And to help them see that there was a big world out there that they could enjoy and influence. Right. So what I learned about communication from both my time in the theater and my time in ministry was that, like you said, if you really know who your audience is, really take time to listen. You mm -hmm. can communicate with them using s some sort of common language and, and using whatever is available to you. Your right. action, your words, your body language. But you do have to know who you are communicating to. Right. Why should they care? Yeah. Yeah. When we're communicating with people and like I like they I like that. Yeah. Why why should you care? If if their if their first response to my communications is, you know, who are you? Right, <laughs> yeah. What what are you Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Yeah, what does and this why, have to do with me? <laughs> yeah, and why should I care about your yeah. message? Yeah. So when I landed in corporate later in my career, 
I was fortunate enough to take a leadership role in a health insurance company overseeing compliance training. Mm. And what they were seeking was somebody who could tell a good story. Right. And who could make their training and their communications, all of that training and communications that comes out of compliance, um, that they could make it concrete, Mm. relatable, and even fun, if you can imagine that. So I got to bring my skills as a playwright um, into corporate required training and something really amazing happened. Some suddenly the compliance scores in the culture surveys rose to the very, very top. Nice. Because employees had all of these stories as points of reference for right. what was expected of them. And they anticipated the characters, the conflict, the skill building that they gained from the training. So all, all of these experiences, you know, beginning with theater and all the way through um, to my corporate experience in leadership roles have influenced where I am today, helping other leaders to communicate through stories. Yeah. Well, you know, great story, by the way, <laughs> speaking <laughs> of storytelling, um, you know, what, what I take from that is the amount of trust that comes out when you tell a story um, and how it breaks down barriers really fast. Uh, we're, we're all we're, in barriers and said, we're all, we're all guarded. And when you are able to tell a story, you're sharing a little bit of yourself and you become a little bit more human. I feel uh, if you're telling a story, Rance, I, and you're my leader, I start to feel a bit more connected to you because you're, you're sharing more than just, especially like speaking of compliance, you're sharing more than, you know, 83% say it's, it's, you're bringing the story behind those facts. And yeah. as you're sharing a little bit of those stories, uh, it becomes more human and it, it ties in more to our sense of, okay, I'm dealing with human beings here and you become more human. And so, yeah, I think that that trust comes out of that. Yeah. Well said. You know, I think we all know that innately that (laughs) storytelling works. It makes us more, you know, relatable people. Yeah. Well, let's, so, so let's, let's go to this because, you know, we we're talking about, you know, the, how to get started with business storytelling. And so, um, at, you know, as you said, someone's listening to this and going, oh, well, of course, he's got a theater background and he's a choreographer. So he he understands the concept of how to tell stories. I'm I'm in compliance. <laughs> I don't have a theater background. I'd love to do this with my people. but I don't know how to do this. So um, maybe let's start with maybe the the basics of storytelling. Um, wh- what are those basics, I guess? Is there any and is there any, is there any Hollywood examples? I don't know. But what are the basics of storytelling? Sure, sure. And I think <laughs> just to comment on what you're saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's an actor, he can do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it's funny, because in everyday life, and this goes back to the comment that you made at the beginning, that I have this unique talent, but really, every single one of us speaks in the language of stories every single day. It's what mm-hmm. we do in social settings, when we're at restaurants, when we're sitting around the dinner table together at home when we're um, on the phone with a relative, we always talk in stories. Hmm. So it behooves us as leaders to speak that language fluently. You know, people need emotional input to make decisions. Our brains right. need it. Without right. the emotional input, we, we cannot make decisions. 
And stories are that perfect instrument for providing the emotional input that people are craving. But in emotionally averse corporations, <laughs> you know, the, where, where maybe storytelling isn't as accepted or, you know, you, you know, you put, you put the same person who just told this wonderful story to their friends in front of a group of executives and they like right. freeze up <laughs> like, Oh no, I can't do this <laughs> because you know, it's, it's what we've been trained to right. if we've been trained to just go to the content and go to the facts to, so, to be profe- to be professional. Yes. Yes. And professional does not mean being emotional. Oh right. no. <laughs> <laughs> so mastering business storytelling, um, if you if you can master that, people are going to line up to take take action on your message because you're you're speaking their language. Yeah. So so yeah, some some very basics to actually get started doing that. Um, let let's start with. Um, well, I'd like to ask you a question. Sure. Joel. Yeah. Um, you specialize also in in communications, um, in work settings, so. Mm-hmm. Why? My question is, why do we talk at work? What are some of the reasons why we talk? Well, you know, I, the number one reason is is probably collaboration, that we want to get other people to join us, to help us, to assist us. Uh, it's also socially, we need connection. We want to feel connected with the people. Like not a lot of people really want to work by themselves in a basement without any social interaction. So we need social interaction and we want collaboration. And in the end, we all want to get towards uh, growth. We want whatever we're working on to feel more efficient, productive, but, you know, and and ideally happiness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I I like that you kind of focused on the um, the pieces that kind of connect us as people, mm-hmm. um, because that is the first and most important reason why we talk is, and it is to connect. Mm. So, and, and that's the first, I'm going to give you four questions. So okay. for, for your listeners, I'd like for you, before you plan your next important communication, I want you to ask four questions. Okay. And the first one is this, right, why am okay. I talking to this audience? Okay, great. Why am I talking to this audience? And I, I break it down into four reasons. And the first one is the one you mentioned, which is connect. Mm-hmm. I needed to connect with these people. The second one is inspire. Mm. The third is guide. And the fourth is persuade. Connect, inspire, guide, or persuade. So when you ask yourself that question before you, as you're preparing for your communication and you ask yourself, why am I talking to this audience? Write down one of those four words. I want to connect with them. I want to inspire them. I want to guide them or I want to persuade them. Try to narrow it down to one, maybe two of these purposes for speaking to an audience. It's either connect, inspire, guide, or persuade. And let's break that down a little bit more with the second question. The second question is, what needs to change? And what I mean by that is, when you speak to this audience and you deliver this message, what should change as a result of that message? So for instance, let's look at the four purposes of speaking. The first one was connect. So what needs to change if my purpose is to connect? Most likely, it's a relationship. I don't know you very well. 
you don't know me very well. This group of people that I'm asking to collaborate with one another don't know each other very well. You know, I need to establish some trust here and uh, there needs to be a change of relationship for that to happen. If you think about the second reason for speaking to an audience to inspire them, what needs to change in that situation? Well, think about it. If you have, if you are painting for them a picture of how things are now, but you have this new vision for how things can be, the way they see things now is their perspective. But you're trying to change that perspective and inspire them to something new. So what needs to change in an inspire message? Perspective needs to change. That third reason for speaking to an audience, guide. I mean, this, this is the bread and butter of management. <laughs> so if your listeners are managers, you know, then what needs to change there? Well, probably um, there's been some sort of change in the strategy or in the, the, the vision, the mission. And, and it's filtering down to operations. So um, we're, this is the new way that we're going to be doing things. So the, the change for a guide message is a change in operations. And then lastly, persuade, um, where you are asking people to change their commitment. Okay, so right now you're not on my team, and I, wanna, I want you to, to make that commitment and join my team. Right now you aren't you know, allocating funds to my department. I want to persuade you to allocate funds to my department and change that commitment. Right now, you aren't purchasing my product. Now, I want you to purchase. I want you to commit. I'm going to persuade you to commit to purchase my product. So a change in commitment. So really, the basics of good storytelling, don't start with a story. Start with these questions. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you, even if you don't make it to the storytelling part, these questions are going to radically change how you approach any kind of communication. So we focused, really, these first two questions focus on the purpose of your message, yeah. right? It gives your message focus, like you said. The next two questions, three and four, focus on your audience. And I'm going to give them both to you, and then we'll talk about both of them at the same time. So the first one sure. is, uh, or I guess the third question in the series of four is, what do I want them to do? Mm -hmm. It sounds like a no-brainer. <laughs> but, no, but we'll talk, no, we'll talk no. about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a no brainer. No, not at all. And uh, fourthly, how do I want them to feel? And this question right. is never asked. I don't think anybody asks this question when they're preparing for mm -hmm. a communication, maybe a few. So think about it. Think about the messages that you've heard leaders speak. You can probably remember some meetings where you left thinking, man, that could have been an email or worse. <laughs> you right. know, or, that was such a waste of my time. You didn't leave with an action to take. You didn't have a feeling of being stoked about this new direction for the team or whatever direction for the team. Maybe it was even nebulous. Um, so we know that about our own experiences as listeners and as participants. But when it comes time to prepare our own message, it seems that we default to content. Yeah. So asking these last two questions about and that focus on your audience reminds us that it's not about the content. People want to know. 
what do you want me to do? Yeah. People want to feel energized to take action on that. And even more importantly, they will not remember your content, but they will remember how you made them feel. So true. Which means it's important to identify those two things first and build your presentation around that, not the other way around. So these four questions are the beginning of story design. Did you have something you wanted to say about those last two questions? Well, you know, as you're saying, as you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about Simon Sinek's uh, example in his uh, video when he's talking about why, and the example he gives is Martin Luther King, who says, uh, of course, his famous speech, "I have a dream," but he doesn't say, "I have a 12 point plan." And so I think that's exactly what the difference about how I want them to feel is that people are not going to remember the 12 point plan. They're not going to be inspired by that. Uh, they're like, okay, <laughs> not gonna, they will, maybe they'll remember one point, but I have a dream. We all remember that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, um, that again speaks to, to how I want them to feel and what I want them to do. You know, you said it's, it's, it's an obeyer. It's, it's amazing how people are afraid to go there to, to actually be very clear and specific about what the what I want you to do as the next step. For the the reason I'm telling you know the answering the question. The reason I'm telling you this is because it's the because <laughs> I'm telling you this because this is how change is going to look, or this is what I want you to do next. And people want people want to feel involved and engaged and uh, and know that they're contributing. That's right. That's right. So if you if you think about that purpose of connecting with people, a change mm -hmm. in relationships. So what are you asking people to do in a connect message? You're probably asking them to open up, maybe share their own stories, collaborate with one another, you know, right. say that thing that you're asking them to do. And how do you want them to feel? You could probably want them to feel heard, want them to mm. feel like, um, like they can trust you. Um, so say those things, name them. And that will get, make you more intentional as you are building your communication um, and, and you'll be able to deliver a more focused presentation. Just these four questions, I've, you know, I do sessions for, for different corporations and usually after this first session, there is a mm -hmm. huge spike in productivity when people are preparing for their messages. They come right. back and they're like, oh my gosh. Um, they, they have all these testimonials of how just answering the four questions brought such clarity and focus and gave them confidence going into it. Um, they knew what actions they wanted their people to take, you know? So yeah, it's exciting. If I'm working for a company <laughs> and I know that, uh, the people delivering, uh, the, the speeches or the whatever, uh, are following this model, answering these questions, and really thinking about me as a as a person on the team being involved and being engaged, and uh, try to remember this and and feel connected. Uh, I'm definitely going to be much more motivated to show up to those meetings or show up to those presentations, knowing that there's uh, it's not just someone who's trying to figure things out and has a slide deck of a hundred slides and has lots of facts. Like the, there's a real clear intention and purpose of what they're doing. That's right. And, and just think about the way it makes you feel like, wow, yeah. this person gets me. This person yeah. cares about me. This person wants me to participate. This person's given some thought. <laughs> yeah. 
and not not and they're not just thinking about themselves. They're not you know as they say self oriented. They're not just oriented towards themselves. They're or, they're really being of service here and um, and I like that. So this is a great. These, these four questions are great. We're going to. I have a couple more questions for you, and then we'll go to. We'll do your failure tada moment. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a little break for our ad, and then we come back. I have just a couple more questions, um, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about your failure tada moment. If that's fair, Rance. Sounds good. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much we also developed many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. We're back with Rance Green on how to get started with business storytelling. And Rance, you shared with us the four questions, which is, wow, is pivotal in how to tell a story and how to really connect with your audience. Uh, and as you said, <laughs> that's the, the main thing we want to do. One of the main things we want to do in communication is to connect with our audience. And that's a great place to start. But speaking of starting, this is where <laughs> it can feel pretty daunting to jump in as a leader or as anyone and say, yeah, I can feel comfortable telling a story to one or two people, but how, how do I actually get up there in front of everyone and I'm prepared to tell my story? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, because I, I think you're right. <clears throat> Storytelling puts the storyteller in a vulnerable position. It, take, mm. it takes courage to do it. Mm-hmm. But it also takes courage to lead. Right. And people nice. find it very hard to resist a vulnerable leader. So it's worth the risk. I like that. So if you take um, the four questions, which are really part of the first phase of story design, um, and I call that the discover phase for obvious reasons, because now, oh, wow, I know what my message is about. And I know, you know what I want my audience to do and how I want them to feel. How do I translate mm-hmm. that into an actual story? that I can tell and how do I pair it with my message? So Mm -hmm. I'd like to share the story design model with you and Mm. to, to get to that story design model. Let's take one more look at the four questions. I'd like for you to try to imagine yourself in your audience's shoes. So let's use the example that you, you brought up, which was connecting with them. So Mm -hmm. why are you talking with them? You want to connect with them. So think back, um, if, you're, if you're trying to connect with people, a good place to start um, is a personal story. Personal right. stories lend themselves to connection. Um, there mm-hmm. are other story, types of stories that you can tell. You can tell metaphors. You can tell hypothetical stories, which are fictional. Um, and you can also tell 
case studies. Um, all of these are, are valuable story, types of stories that you can tell in business. If you're trying to connect, a really great go-to is a personal story. So mm-hmm. think, think about a time in your life when connection was needed in your life, in your work experience, and that connection was missing. Mm. You know, think about the situation surrounding that story. Go to the second question. What needs to change a relationship? Think about mm. a time in your own life or work experience where a change was needed in relationship and it just was not happening. Can you put yourself back in, in that situation and think about the circumstances surrounding it? Mm-hmm. Thirdly, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to open up? How do you want them to feel? Do you want them to feel heard? Can you think back to a moment in your own life or work experience where you needed to open up and you never, uh, and you never did, or right. you felt unheard? You know, what was that situation? And when you've got that story in your mind, you can guide it with the story design model. And the story design model goes like this. So, so the, the purpose of the model is to connect your story with the action that you want people to take. And right. then there's a gap between those two things. And so the two um, elements of a story that are essential in any business story are these relatable characters and mm-hmm. strong conflict. Relatable characters and strong conflict. Right. If your story contains relatable characters, meaning characters that your audience has empathy for, right, and you can put them into strong conflict, meaning that there is conflict in the story and that it is as right. strong as possible, then something wonderful happens in the minds of your listeners. Right. It is a desire for resolution. Mm-hmm. Love that. And once you have... Once your story has created a desire for resolution, that's exactly where your audience needs to be. That's where they want to be. That's where we want to be, right? When we're listening to a story, we want, otherwise, if that desire for resolution dissipates, we put the book down, we turn the movie off, (laughs) you know, right. We lose interest. Right. So think about personal stories. Mm hmm. The relatable character is most likely you mm-hmm. telling your own story. And so you want to make sure that your, your character, you, are as relatable to your audience as possible. So for instance, I had a, um, a CEO once who told us about this um, exotic cruise that they took in their own tugboat around the Caribbean islands. And we were all just sitting there going like, we do not get right. you. Yeah. <laughs> that is not our life. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice for you. Right. No, nothing in the message that related back to the story, even like a lesson no. from the story. Nothing. It was like, oh dear. Okay. You've lost yeah. us. Right. So 
Make- when the champagne wasn't cold, <laughs> <laughs> the champagne wasn't refrigerated, and the caviar was not at the temperature it should have been. Oh my goodness, I am totally getting you now. Yes, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> not. So the story, the, the relatable character, yourself, you want to put yourself in the shoes of your audience as much as possible so that they're, so that they're like, oh yeah, this guy gets me, you know, or right. this person understands where I'm coming from. Um, and the conflict also has to be there. Like if if you're only telling stories where everything was smooth sailing, that story is going right. to go right over our heads. It's not going to have any yeah. traction. And we have yeah. no desire for resolution. You're like, oh, bravo for you. You know, you're such such a hero. A superstar. Yeah. Yeah. But once you've created relatable characters and strong conflict and 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 initiated that desire for resolution, the story has done its work. And now right. we are open to hear your message. And that's the next part of the model. And that's your message. And your message le- refers back to that story. It draws out of that story the lessons learned or um, the, the actions that you actually desire for others to take that maybe you failed to take. And then once you've delivered your message, your story-based message, we've concretely connected this model to the action because you prepared mm-hmm. us now to take action on your message. So that message should refer back to the story. It should have a very clear call to action. Boom, right. we're ready to take it. That's the model. The call to, act, the call to action mirrors the resolution. Yes. Which is sort of the, it's just sort of the next step. Um, yes. Yeah. Really, really, really clear. I mean, as you're saying that, I can't stop thinking about the movie Rocky. Uh, you know, here, here's the you know everyday everyday person has a dream but doesn't know how he's going to get there. Given a chance, uh, the conflict can he actually do this? The self talk that's going on in his head, um, uh, and and he. And does it, but he doesn't win, which is, you know, again, which is, and again, the moral of the story is, is it, it doesn't matter. It, it wasn't about winning. It was about challenging himself and how far can he go? Uh, and he goes all the way. And he, so he finds something in himself. It's not about being a champion. The champion is within himself to be, uh, to give his best. So I, I, as you're saying all this, I'm thinking, yeah, it doesn't always have to be, the resolution doesn't have to be, <laughs> and I succeeded. The resolution is what did I learn from that? And then that ties into, and now going to compliance, we can learn from that about uh, uh, it, it's you know how to how to talk to our clients about their self talk that they might be having going on or whatever that might be. But yeah, yeah, um, and the, lo- I'm sorry, I was just going to say the example that you used yeah. of Rocky. You know, that's in popular culture, right? That story is in popular culture. So if you're using a popular culture, it's probably what you're reaching for is a metaphor. So probably you're not speaking to a bunch of boxers. You That's know, right. Probably you're speaking to a group of business people, <clears throat> and, but you're using this this story outside of their realm, something they already know and and have a, a connection with to make a point about something at work. And so the the key to metaphors then is making sure that there are strong equivalents. Yes. You know that something in the in the metaphorical world equals something in the real world. And, and that there are as many of those as possible. I think that's that's such a great point, Rance. Is that when you're t- when you're thinking of your story, um, think that how this is going to relate to what 
what the message is that you're trying to say. And that's, so you're not just telling a story about your, your personal challenge or your a difficult time. It's how this relates to the message. Um, and I like that. And, and yeah, absolutely. With the adversity, I, I've seen many colleagues, uh, when you're talking about that tugboat uh, cruise around the thing, I, I remember is, yeah, I remember a colleague and we were delivering something in, in Europe and, um, and he was talking about how he flew business class here and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, these people are not flying business class. Why, why are you sharing an anecdote about your, your adversity was, was something that happened in business class. That's not. So yeah, sometimes you really know your audience. So, so to bring this full circle, know your audience. Yes. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. Rance, if you're ready, I would love to hear your. This has been amazing. Well, we'll do a quick recap, but first, let's let's go to. If you're ready, we have this segment or show that we like to call our failure, ta-da moment, and that's where, at the time, maybe felt like a failure or a learning lesson, and so it went from ta-da to aha. Do you have something you could share with us? Well, I love that you have these stories kind of built into your podcasts where people actually get to, you know actually tell a story that's really awesome that's right um thank you and i think that your last comment about know your audience is actually a great segue because my tada one of my one of my many (laughs) failure tada moments (laughs) was uh was the failure was actually that because i served as the president of atd um, association of talent development dallas chapter which is a large chapter um for two years by choice, not, uh, <laughs> not by default. Um, okay. and, uh, the, uh, the first year my focus was board culture and it was such an awesome opportunity for us as people who often help leaders to practice good leadership. Um, and it was great. I mean, the, Mm -hmm. the culture on our board, I mean, we had awesome arguments and, and we were passionate about, you know, doing what was right for the membership and making sound decisions. And, uh, I, I just absolutely loved working on this board. Well, that was in 2019. We had record membership we sold out at our annual conference. 
I mean, it was a, it was a banner year. Then 2020 happened. Hmm. And in March, I remember going to the March board meeting and somebody mentioned something about COVID, this, the coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I was like, we, it was very new to all of us. We were right. like, well, sure. <clears throat> and so I, I think like a lot of people, we just thought, okay, well, this is, this is a, you know, a temporary thing that, that won't last very long. Well, by May or, or June, I should have gotten a clue. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by that time we had a clue um, that this was going to last for a long time. And suddenly, you know, the shift in my leadership should have been made because it wasn't just about board culture anymore. That was well established. It was good. Mm-hmm. But our members were suffering. And I look back with some regret because when I came into that June meeting, my first item of business should have been every single one of our members is going to receive a call from a board member. We're going to listen. Mm. The needs of our members so drastically changed, and I did not take time to hear it out. Mm. None of us did. In a, in a very general sense, we did, but sure. we should have talked to every, and we had a lot of members. It would have been a major time commitment, over 500 people, um, but we should have reached out and gotten to know our audience again. So I wonder how many other leaders who are listening to this are like, Oh my gosh, I hear you. I hear you squawking big chicken because I, (laughs) I, I should have done the same thing. You know, it does not, we think we know our audience and we do, you know, but when something that major transpires, it will serve us well to spend a little more time with our audience and find out what the new needs are. Well, that first off, you know, thank you for sharing that. Because um, I, I think, and there you go, you just demonstrated vulnerability that here you are talking about connection and uh, how important that is and know your audience. And now you just share with us as a leader uh, that there you go, that there's there's moments as a lead, even as a leader, and even though you've got all the best intentions, uh, that one could be so wrapped up in, in certain things or in doing things a certain way that you miss the opportunity yeah. to to pivot, to adapt, to go deeper maybe with, with your people. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Well said, Joel. Rance? Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. This has been absolutely a pleasure. Uh, we will, I'm going to uh, invite everyone after this to listen. Uh, we do a recap afterwards called our three stars. Where we'll recap all the great stuff that you uh, just shared with us. So stay tuned for that. But Rance, our listeners now are going, mm, I want more. <laughs> Rance, how, do, uh, how can listeners find out more about you or get in touch with you? Uh, sure. In general, they can go to neatastory.com, neatastory.com. And there's a lot of resources there. There's a blog with lots of great, you know, uh, pointers on how to develop your story. Um, also, there is a small group um, that I call the Leadership Storytelling Cohort. 
And um, there's another one coming up this fall, and I keep it really small. Um, but if people want to really dig in and like actually develop their story for a particular audience and then practice delivering it, um, there's one-on-one coaching, the cohort helps one another. Um, and then we have, we even have a, um, uh, a trophy <laughs> for the person, mm-hmm. for one person that the, that the group selects to receive the story leadership award. Um, I would invite any of your listeners to check that out. And you can also go to neatastory.com and click on lead with stories. And you'll see a link there to join the cohort if you would like to like to do that. Terrific. Brands, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Joel. Now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice. Number three, what is my purpose in telling these stories? In other words, what do I want these stories to do and how do I want them to feel? And if we think about Rance sharing his stories about health insurance and compliance training, stories made it concrete, relatable, and fun. And the compliance scores rose because the stories brought the facts to life. The stories are what are behind the numbers, behind the facts, and it brings the emotional content, which helps people to take action. Number two. Start with the basics of a story, a relatable character, and often it's you, (laughs) a conflict and a resolution. That's all you need, a relatable character, a conflict, and a resolution for the basics of a story. And the number one, why am I talking to this audience? So write down these four words. Is it to connect? Is it to inspire? Is it to guide? Is it to persuade? Connect, inspire, guide, persuade. Now, if you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in business or maybe in life, try this. As Rand said many times, know your audience. Where do you find the common language? And if you know who your audience is, then why should they care about this? Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review even better. Subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you and we will see you next episode.